Thus far, Booth's killer hadn't said a word about the conspiracy to murder Abraham Lincoln. That was the entire reason Webb had traveled 500 miles between Paradise and Topeka. And if Corbett dropped dead from a gunshot wound, all of that would be for nothing. Webb was starting to wonder if he'd been had. And after the debacle back at the hospital, Webb realized that he might well meet his fate at the end of a rope. Don't fret for me, Mr. Webb, Corbett said. Your concern should be the society. This society, said Webb. Who are they? Did they have something to do with the Lincoln assassination? What can you tell me about them? Corbett's face took on an expression of near serenity as he sank into the lake of his memories. There are three infernal organizations constantly vying for power in this nation, he said. The Freemasons are by far the most prevalent and the most powerful of the societies that secretly control our country. Washington, Franklin, Monroe, Jackson. Every one of them was a Freemason. When Lincoln was murdered, it was a Mason, Andrew Johnson, who ascended to the white throne of the Republic. Though they reaped the reward, he continued, and the balance shifted once more to their favor, it was not the Freemasons who were responsible for Lincoln's death. The Skull and Bone Society, based out of Yale University, has gained great prominence in recent years. Senators and chief justices and the leaders of industry have all consigned their souls to this cursed fraternity, but their star has not yet fully risen. In time, perhaps, they will wield the sword and the gavel with the precision of the Masons, but not yet. It is the Society of the Cincinnati, those Luciferian dogs who are responsible for the death of Abraham Lincoln. The Society of the Cincinnati, Webb repeated. He searched his own mind for mentions of the organization. Something about the revolution came to mind, but he couldn't say what exactly. The Society was founded by Alexander Hamilton and Henry Knox at the close of the American Revolution and was intended as a gentleman's club for former officers who wanted to protect their newly won liberty. It included George Washington and 23 signers of the Constitution. Washington, Webb said, I thought you said he was a Freemason. Corbett nodded enthusiastically and the motion sent him into a fit of coughing. Yes, he managed. He smiled in spite of his obvious pain, as if this somehow made sense to the editor. You're telling me that George Washington was a member of both organizations? Webb asked. Corbett nodded. He was a man of great charisma. He played both ends against the middle, said Webb. Corbett nodded and moved on, as if there was nothing more to say about the founder of the nation. Jefferson Davis and his confederacy answered to the society, he said, and for a time it seemed that the balance would shift in their favor. What happened? The end of the war meant the end of their control, Corbett said. Their only hope was to reignite the fighting. They trained Wilkes for years as a failsafe. Lincoln's death might have ended the war, or might have revived the defeated southern spirit once Lee surrendered. Obviously, the plan failed. Uh, 
Webb looked at Corbett and knew at once that his time was almost up. Damn it, he said. We need to get you to a doctor. There was no use in waiting any longer. Corbett was going to die unless he saw a physician at once. Even then he still might perish, and with all the knowledge of this conspiracy, perhaps the army was waiting for them in town, ready to seize them both the moment they appeared. But perhaps, if luck was on their side, they would make it. Once again Joshua Webb considered saying a prayer to the god whom he had abandoned. Once again he decided against it. They kicked their horses into a gallop and raced through the tall prairie grass. Topeka was close, and if fortune was on their side, they would make it before Corbett's injury overcame him.